from the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those 40 days, and when they were over, he was famished. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, One should not live by bread alone. And then the devil took him up to a high place and in an instant showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, To you I will give their glory and their authority. It has all been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it would all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on a high pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down here, for it is written, he will give his angels command over you to protect you, and they will bear you up with their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This first message in our Lenten Crossroads series is entitled The Crossroads of Convenience and Integrity. Would you please bow your heads with me in a moment of prayer. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One Friday afternoon, just before five o'clock, a man walked into a pub in a small village somewhere in Ireland. He ordered four pints of beer, which he arranged in a row in front of him, and then proceeded to drink them one after another. When he was done, he got up and left without saying a word. The next week, exactly the same thing happened. Four pints, drank them, got up, left. 
and again the week after that. Somewhat curious, the barman asked him about this unusual behavior. The man explained that he was one of four brothers who were scattered far and wide. So they had made a pledge to each other that no matter where they were in the world, every Friday at 5 p.m. they would each find a pub and would each drink four pints of beer, one for each of the brothers. In this way, they felt a certain connection with, with each other. Well, news of this quickly spread, and soon other brothers were also entering into similar arrangements. And those from larger families immediately recognized the blessing of that. But then one Friday afternoon, the man entered the pub and ordered just three pints of beer. The following week, the same thing, and again the week after that. Finally, the barman spoke up and said to him, Pardon the intrusion, but I've noticed you've been drinking just three pints of late. Has something happened perhaps to one of your brothers? To which the man replied, oh, thank you for your concern, but all my brothers are perfectly fine, thank you. The reason I've been drinking just three pints of late is because I've given up drinking beer for Lent. <laughs> thank you for graciously laughing, I appreciate that. It's, it's really a silly story. But it reveals, in an admittedly exaggerated way, a serious truth, a sobering truth, if you'll excuse the pun. It reveals how easily we fool ourselves, how easily we are blinded to the truth of our own lives, because the story we tell about who we are and the lives that we actually live don't always match up. We think we're on this path when in truth we're actually following another path altogether. Let me illustrate with a personal example. You know, I'd plan on running the Gasparilla half marathon this morning. There's a certain narrative that's been shared that I'm a keen runner and I've certainly run my fair share of road races. But I never ran this morning's run as I originally intended, not because I was preaching, though that would have been a fairly credible excuse. The real reason I didn't run is because I've done no training for the past two months. And I really didn't fancy the, the idea of dragging this untrained body over 13.1 miles. That's the truth. And yet, even this morning, on my way to church, seeing the runners out on the routes, I felt that pang of regret that I wasn't there, and I thought that I should be. I found myself saying, Roger, you idiot, why didn't you run? You could have run, you should have run. Who am I kidding? Really? The truth is that the decision not to run this morning 
was made every day over the past couple of months with my own two feet through the actual path that I chose to follow, which in this case tended to lead more towards the couch than the pavement. It's hard acknowledging unpalatable truth about ourselves. But friends, that's the gift of the season of Lent. The gift to do exactly that. Lent invites us to face the unpalatable truth about us. That the ideas that we hold of who we are and the lives that we are actually living often don't match up. Lent invites us to acknowledge courageously the incongruency between what we think and say and believe as people of faith and the actual lives of faith that we're living. Lent invites us to hear the good news, the liberating news of Jesus who boldly and unapologetically invites us to follow him, who shows us the way that he would have us go and the kind of life that he would have us live, not as an idea, but as a reality. As he puts it in the key verse for our entire Lenten series, from Luke 9, verses 23 to 24. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. And so as we hear that invitation of the season of Lent, this year we've entitled the series Crossroads. Over the next six weeks, we'll consider some of the intersecting crossroads of our lives that present us with a choice as to the path that we are to follow. We'll do so by considering some of the crossroads moments in the life and ministry of Jesus and the decisions that confronted him or those around him. The first of which is the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness as we consider today the crossroads of convenience and integrity. The story with which I started this morning of the man who had given up drinking beer for Lent is a reminder that convenience and integrity often lie on divergent paths. This is what Jesus discovered as he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. The very fact that he was there in the first place tells its own story. Remember, Jesus was all set to begin his public ministry. He had just been baptized by John in the Jordan and had heard those wonderfully affirming words from that voice from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. We also read that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. So it would seem that he was all set to start his ministry straight away. And just like that, he found himself at a crossroads. 
The signpost pointed one way saying Galilee. Beneath it, freshly painted in small letters, it said, home, family and friends, disciples eager to follow you, crowds hungry to hear your message, the sick longing to feel your healing touch. That road was clearly defined with lots of people already on it, maybe even one or two preacher types still dripping wet from the waters of the Jordan, eager to call others to repentance and share the good news of God. It must have seemed like the obvious choice for Jesus. But it was, in fact, a crossroads. And so the signpost pointed out another option, though the other option to which it pointed was less of a road than a deserted goat track. It said wilderness, and beneath it the small lettering read, 40 days of temptation by the devil. Oh, and there's nothing to eat. The Bible tells us that Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by that same Spirit down that deserted path into the wilderness, which I'm sure you'll agree was hardly convenient. But there was shaping and sharpening work that was still needed in Jesus' life, and the wilderness was the only place to do it. You see, quite simply, Jesus needed to hammer out on the anvil of vulnerability what a ministry of integrity would look like. The kind of integrity where the ideas he had about God himself and his mission in the world would be congruent with how he actually lived his life and exercised his ministry and sought to fulfill that mission. And so there we find him in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil in every way. Luke describes three of the temptations in a little more detail. Now, I find it helpful to think of them not as ends in themselves, but rather as the means to an end. And therein lay the temptation for Jesus. You see, what was presented to him was a quick and easy way, a convenient way for him to fulfill his mission. The temptation of turning a stone into bread was not just about satisfying his own hunger. It was a way to satisfy all hunger and bring about the kind of economic transformation that would have been good news to the poor which is one of the reasons why he came. The temptation of receiving glory and authority of all the kingdoms of the world was not just for the sake of of a personal ego trip. Do you really think that Jesus would be tempted in that kind of way? Rather, it was a way to gather and reconcile all the peoples of the world to himself so as to extend the reign of God's peace and justice for all. And that's also a reason why he came. 
The temptation of throwing himself down from the pinnacle of the temple was not simply a cheap publicity stunt. Again, as if Jesus would be tempted by that. Rather, it was a way of restoring the true focus of worship from external sacrificial observance to the person and nature and character of God. Again, that's why he came. And so each of these temptations represented for Jesus a means to an end, a shortcut to achieve what he came for. It would be so convenient. The only trouble, of course, is that each involved a fundamental violation of who he was in God. And Jesus refused to live in that kind of compromised and incongruent way. It was for him a crossroads moment in which he had to make a choice as to how he would exercise his ministry. He chose not to grasp, but to trust. Not to control, but to surrender. He chose to follow the path of integrity over that of convenience. And this is what shaped the entire direction of his ministry. In the end, it led him to a cross, which again was hardly convenient. But look at all that has poured forth from that courageous choice of his as a result. The mercy and forgiveness and redemption of God, the love of God shed abroad through all the world. The question for us today is this, is it really possible for us to follow the same path too? Well, I heard a great line recently that reminded me that it is and that reminded me that nothing could be more important. It was in an unlikely place at Universal Studios' Islands of Adventure where I was wandering with my kids in wide-eyed amazement through the spectacularly brilliant Hogwarts from the world of Harry Potter. And suddenly, Professor Dumbledore appeared in a 3D hologram and gave this grave message. He said, dark and difficult times lie ahead. Soon, we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. I immediately recognized the truth of his words. A truth not simply for the make-believe world of Harry Potter, but also for the real world that you and I occupy every day. A world of dark and difficult times. A world of work and marriage and family and children, of bills to pay and budgets to balance. A world of conflicting ideas, ethical dilemmas and contrasting moral values, of aching need and crippling injustice. A world of many challenges, many demands, many inconveniences. In this world, we all face the choice every day 
between what is right and what is easy. And every time we choose what is right over what is easy, we're taking a further step along that path of integrity, which is the path that Jesus chose. I once heard a rabbi tell a beautiful story that illustrates what this looks like in the everyday realities of our lives. And so with this, I close. A tradesman was quietly saying his prayers one morning in his stall at the marketplace. A customer approached him and offered him 10 shekels for a particular item. Not wanting to interrupt his prayers, the tradesman gave no reply, which the customer interpreted as a refusal of his offer. So he offered to pay 13 shekels for the item. Still, the tradesman kept quiet. So the the customer increased his offer again, this time to 15 shekels. That's when the tradesman finally finished his prayers. And so he turned to the man and said, you can have the item for 10 shekels. For that is the price that I initially agreed to in my heart. And I always seek to honor my agreements. The point of the story is that no one else knew what the tradesman had agreed to in his heart. But he knew and that was enough. And what was within him found expression in the way in which he actually conducted his life. We can only imagine the kind of impact that such integrity would have on all those around him. Isn't this what we long for? Isn't this what our world yearns for? Well, friends, hear the good news. This is precisely what Christ makes possible through his invitation, through his example, and through his gracious call to us to follow him down the same path. And so as you think about your life, as you think about that one thing that has come to mind even this morning, where you know you're facing a choice, whether or not to follow the path that is easy or right. As you think about that situation within your life today, may you know the grace of God that would help you and me to choose consistently the path of integrity over that of convenience. And as we make a holy habit of choosing that path, may we be led more faithfully as the followers of Jesus along that liberating and life-giving road that he leads us in, even the road to the cross. Amen. Let's be quiet for just a moment.
Amen.